I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Listen, sis, it's called a libido, Um, okay? Hello, somebody. My (laughs) eggs are finna get cracked. How are they gonna do that if I don't desire sex? (laughs) When it comes to ovulation, scientifically speaking... You're like a, a horse on speed. Yeah. You've been celibate all this time. And then when you get into a relationship <laughs> and you get, you know, married, if that's the, your goal, what if the sex is disappointing? <gasps> <laughs> oh. <laughs> this is real girl chat. Hello and welcome to the Team My Sisters podcast. I'm Courtney. And I'm Renee. And we are your online big sisters and hosts of the Team My Sisters podcast. We are all about promoting the wellness, growth and development of a community of sisters across the world. And in today's conversation, let's talk about sex, baby. We'll be discussing our journey to understanding our sexuality, the problematic ideas we have about sex and what a healthy relationship with sex might look like. Let's talk about sex, sex, sex. So, <laughs> why so aggressive? <laughs> I feel like that's how everyone feels when the word sex is mentioned. It's Definitely. just like out there. It's almost like there's neon lights whenever you mention the word sex in anything. So, <laughs> it's all good. So, firstly, our journey to understanding our sexuality. Yes, ma'am. Well, Courtney, you know I'm going to throw you in the deep end. Yeah, I could tell already from your face. <laughs> You want to give us a little lowdown as to how you went about understanding your sexuality? Sure thing. It's it's quite an uh, interesting experience. I've actually detailed it on my YouTube channel mm. um, recently. My first, I guess, encounter with my own sexuality um, or it, it wasn't really an understanding of it. It was more of a oh, I have sexual feelings was when I was 10 years old Mm. and I stumbled across internet pornography Mm. um, and it was a very just interesting new discovery that really enticed me and intrigued me. Mm. Um, And I ended up watching porn for years, like for a very, very long time. I was pretty much addicted to porn for 10 years um, and towards the end of that um addiction I would you know getting to relationships and they would be relationships of a sexual nature and I think what was very um evident towards me being about 18 19 years old Mm. was that my understanding of sex my understanding of my own body and sexuality was hugely defined by pornography Mm. and the way it illustrates sex and what sex is for how it's meant to be um and so a lot of my a lot of my discovering of my own sexuality was pretty much defined by porn Mm. and then there was, you know, relationships here and there, but even my relationships and my sexuality within those relationships was hugely shaped by dysfunctional porn standards mm. um, for sexuality and for intimacy or a lack there of intimacy. Mm. Um, and so that was that was pretty much it. It was quite it's quite interesting for me because it feels like I have had a long 
sexual past if that makes sense yeah whilst i haven't had that many like sexual partners mm-hmm. it just feels like i've been on this very weird journey of of myself coming to understand okay so what does sex mean in terms of the way i enjoy it mm. also then another person i i another man in the picture <laughs> what does that dynamic actually look like because mm. i'm so used to being self-satisfied when it comes to sex mm. and then now as a person of faith as a christian mm. i have been a christian for five years now crazy um <laughs> then having that dynamic of okay i'm gonna be celibate and that's where i've been at for Mm. the last um five years so it's (laughs) (laughs) or just under five years so i think my sexual journey has definitely been one of extreme highs in terms of having a pornography addiction or dependency Mm. and then having kind of unsatisfying relationships because no one could meet up to that standard. Yeah. Um, and also just a whole bunch of other dysfunctions within them. And then kind of having this other extreme opposite, which is like, okay, I'm no longer watching porn and I'm no longer having sex. Yeah. And for the last five years, I am no longer in a relationship. Mm. And so it's kind of like, okay, we've gone from all the time to never. <laughs> <laughs> and that has been an interesting, an interesting transition. But how about yourself? Ooh, I feel very, um, I think we're kindred souls in that it feels like there's a long like sexual history there, mm. but not really of having that many sexual partners right, or sexual right. activities. Um, so for me, it was a mixture of things. So mm. I watched porn. But I also like watched and read those romantic novels, mm. right? That really detailed up, you know, them Fifty Shades of Grey type situations that really went into detail. <laughs> <laughs> went into detail. And for me, this was juxtaposed with this whole. Um, so I grew up in a Christian household. Mm, mm. It was juxtaposed with this whole idea of sex being evil for the marital bed (laughs) shouldn't even be thinking about it right and the conversations that were had with me were always don't have sex Mm. it was never anything about actual sex it was just don't have sex Mm. don't get pregnant right get pregnant it's a problem 100 percent. like don't have sex you have to remain pure for marriage so for me it was this whole juxtaposition of like I'm listening, I'm reading, I'm hearing about sex and all that kind of stuff. But then part of me is just like, oh, sex is like ill. Mm. Like it's bad. I shouldn't be thinking about it. So feeling guilty over having, you know, sexual needs was like an issue that plagued me when I was growing up. And then getting into relationships Mm -hmm. with men and just like to qualify guys, we're speaking about heterosexual um, (laughs) relationships. Those are our encounters and our experiences. So that's what we'll be talking about in this episode. But yeah, having relations Mm. and relationships with men Mm. and having that element of like, I don't really feel like I'm being satisfied. Mm. And not just sexually, but also the intimacy that is created around sex through reading these kind of novels that make... Right, because it's very romantic. Exactly this, extremely romantic. And it's like, you'll be, what, 18, 19 at the time or whatever age you're at. And you're with this guy who's also the same age as you. Mm. He ain't going to be that romantic. He's not going to (laughs) be... He's not going to be out here pulling up in his Range Rover with a bouquet of flowers. No, he's like, meet me at the bus stop. And let's go to that (laughs) 
<laughs> he's like meet me at the bus stop let's go to nando's and like let's have a good time and stuff 100%. um you know romantic there's levels to romance guys and by levels i mean bank account levels and that's perfectly <laughs> fine so having that and then having this deep sense of guilt whenever i engaged in any kind of sexual activity because mm. i felt like i was defiling myself right um so yeah, and then fast forward a couple of years, I too am a Christian. Um, well, I became an active Christian. Mm. So whilst I was raised in a Christian household, I wouldn't say that I had a relationship with Christ. Yeah, I didn't same. give myself to Christ. Yeah. Um, and I think it was like three and a half years, four years now. So like a little bit after Courtney, I was looking at Courtney with my side eyes when she was doing up this whole Christian thing. <laughs> I was just like, Jesus. I was just like, all right, sis, you know, pipe down a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Pipe, <laughs> pipe down a little bit. Um, and then then was when I decided to become celibate of source. Before that, I wouldn't have said that I was like super like active sexually anyways, mm, because mm pre um giving myself to christ and pre committing to celibacy i had always like made the commitment to myself that i want to have sex with somebody that i have i see myself having a future with right or um have sexual encounters with somebody who i believe that i was in love with right so for me like one night stands and all that kind of stuff just, just for me personally was yeah. always off the table yeah same um so yeah and then then like you know being christian being single for a while um and then starting to date again. The t- <laughs> Tell us about that. Starting to date again mm-hmm. um, has been an interesting journey because <laughs> <laughs> now having a healthier understanding and relationship with sex and mm. understanding that this isn't, you know, de facto evil, mm. but understanding that there is a greater weightiness to which and importance to which I attach sex in the context of my relationships with people um specifically men um it's cool like it's cool and it's not easy it Mm. really 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 isn't easy Mm -hmm. i think oftentimes like when we talk about sex and stuff like that as like when we're not with someone or when we're alone Mm -hmm. it sounds all nice and dandy but Mm. then when the temptation comes and if you you know you're the kind of person who is like oh i actually want to like wait some time to you know have sex with that person or I'm waiting till marriage or whatever. When you're like dating people, mm. urges come. You know, there's some fine men out there. <laughs> there's some fine men out there and some of them know it. <laughs> and <laughs> it's tricky navigating that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think that I've come to a place where um, I've made my commitment to myself. Um, and yeah, I no longer kind of demonize sex but mm. we'll come into that converse that even lends itself very well into our conversations yes. about sex being evil versus sex as liberation right okay so miss courtney <laughs> hello miss <laughs> <laughs> courtney what are your thoughts on this transition that we've made particularly in the west but i'm sure that this is something that's reverberated across the globe yeah but this whole idea particularly for women where sex is considered something that defiles you Mm. sex is considered something evil Mm -hmm. and there's roots in you know patriarchy there's roots in conservatism there's roots in religion even And then as we come up into like the 1950s, 1960s, mm-hmm. 1970s, we see this backlash of just like, I want to, f- I want to feel free. Right. Yeah. Um, and it coincides with the rise of feminism yeah. and all that kind of stuff. 
and we see women actively well what it looks like is actively taking control of their sexuality amongst other things so what are your thoughts first on this whole idea that many of us grapple with of sex being something that defiles a woman Mm. versus this new wave of like i'm a woman i can do whatever i want i can feel sexually liberated i can like do whatever yeah so i think it's i guess along with that historical context you've got this idea that sex is something that men do to women Mm, right mm -hmm. and i think that sexual revolution towards like the 70s and 80s said no women are active participants and agents of sex too Mm. and they enjoy it and they should be able to enjoy it now i think we've discussed this before but there are they are pitched as these two very far extremes. Mm. If a woman identifies herself as an active agent in sex and Mm. a participant in sex who actually wants to also enjoy it and not just be used as a tool, it's almost assumed that, okay, so you're one of those sexually liberated, you're just going to (laughs) go and have sex with every Tom, Dick and Harry. Mm -hmm. And then the other uh, end of the spectrum is a person who decides actually no like sex is just for not not just for marriage or not just for procreation but Mm. sex isn't necessarily something we should actively speak about yeah because it is evil like you said like sex is something that defiles you it's something that's disgusting it's Mm. something that's so vulgar Um, and I think a a lot of us can agree we've come out of that place where it's like okay no one talks about sex anymore I think when you talk about it with like our parents generation and stuff Mm. they may look at you and be like first of all why are you talking to me about sex please but I think now (laughs) we're getting older like for me I can you know my mum will turn around and ask me like so are you having sex? And I'm just looking at her like, ma'am, if you don't go into your own business, I don't. Um, But at the same time, it's good to know that that's an active an open conversation Mm. that I can have with my parents um, now. And I think that's more so because I'm a bit older now um, and they're a bit more accepting of, you know, if it, I guess with them understanding my faith, they feel like they have nothing to worry about. But mm. if they didn't, I think they would want to have a conversation. I have older siblings who mm. got pregnant when they were quite young. Mm. So I think they've realized the errors in their ways in the sense of if you don't talk about this, they're still going to do it, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so I think it's really interesting, this idea that sex defiles women mm. because people want to see women as, especially in, I guess, religious context it's oftentimes seen as your value is attached to you closing your legs Mm -hmm, right mm -hmm. and as we were talking about in the when will you marry episode um in that conversation we're saying how oftentimes the value of a woman is attached to a man wanting her a man won't want you if every other man has had you and not even every other man if another man has Mm -hmm, had you right mm -hmm. so it's this idea of don't bring down your bride price don't bring down your value don't bring down your social standing Mm -hmm. by going to have 
sex with another person because you don't want to seem like your body has been used by somebody else so the undertone of it is always who has used your body and is your body still brand new and shiny Mm -hmm. and exclusive to somebody rather than what is your personal relationship with your own sexuality not just your sexuality isn't something that's just sitting there waiting for somebody else to come and use to their own satisfaction Mm -hmm. your your sexuality is actually something that you have agency over and you have control over Mm. um and depending on you you decide what you submit your body to Mm. right and that's that's what i think it's that's why it's important to have this kind of conversation because you have to remember you get to decide what you submit your sex drive to Mm -hmm. what you um what you allow your sexuality to mean for you do you get what i mean um and for me i subscribe to I've submitted my body to God and mm-hmm. I understand that my body belongs to him. And that now defines my relationship, not just with my sexuality, but every other decision that I make with my body and mm. seeing my body as a temple. But at the same time, I have to have a personal understanding of my own sexuality, mm-hmm. not just as something for someone else to use, mm-hmm. but as something that I actually possess yep. as my own. Yep. How about you? Ooh, I think you hit the nail on the head insofar as talking about this whole idea of women being active participants Mm. when it comes to sex because that was something that I battled with for the longest time insofar as should I be an active participant to sex like Mm. I enjoy sex why do I feel bad about it yeah and the fact that women are often penalized for feeling entitled to active participation in sex (laughs) is so wild to me no because you always hear the statement that like you know when people are at like marriage conferences for Mm -hmm. example and they're always like you know don't don't withhold marriage from your husband i mean don't withhold sex from your husband because you know they have testosterone what is that and it's like do people think having testosterone is the only propagator of wanting to be sexually active (laughs) (laughs) like do you think did i marry a dog is that like i just is he not capable of controlling himself in particular oh, moments and is yeah. he not going to submit and will to me yeah. too and this is the thing it's like because you don't have testosterone mm-hmm. you haven't got a sexual appetite and it's like listen sis it's called a libido um, okay hello somebody my <laughs> eggs are finna get cracked how are they gonna do that if i don't desire sex <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I always think of that meme of that woman that's oh, like, Tiffany, I want my eggs oh. cracked. <laughs> Last name dropped. <laughs> Meaning I want to be married. Okay, okay, okay. But in all seriousness, I think it's very, very interesting. And in some ways, it's quite understandable why there was such a volatile reaction to this whole sex being something that defiles women right. narrative. Because oftentimes, the way the world is, we fight fire with fire. Mm. So tell a woman, you know, tell a woman enough times that sex defiles you, sex defiles you. Eventually, there's going to be somebody that's rebellious enough to go, do you know what? I'm going to take this Mm. and I'm going to completely subvert it. I'm going to run with it to the very extremes. Mm -hmm. And I think, yeah, just coming to grips with the fact that women can be active participants in sex, um, as well as holding your partner to account for that too. Mm. Because I think we often... Like the emphasis in sex in a lot of conversations, as you're saying, in the context of like marriage conferences is how can I please this man? How can I pleasure this man? How can I make sure that he's, you know, satisfied? Mm. And you have to like really, really 
submerge this part of yourself mm. because it's characterized as deviant. Mm. It's characterized as harlotry. It's characterized as promis- <laughs> promiscuity. You know what I'm saying? And Jezebel. Jezzy. It's like, you like sex, you're a Jezzy. <laughs> and even understanding that um, from a Christian perspective, to desire and want to have sex, it's not you're not evil. Mm. Like you're not an evil being for liking sex yeah. and wanting to have sex as a woman. Um and it often feels like sometimes we have more grace for men right. than we do for women 100%. when it comes to sexual slip-ups. 100%. And I think it's also tied to the fact that, you know, the consequences for quote-unquote slipping up. Like mm. when we think about, you know, single parent families, it's often, you know, the mother that's carrying yes. the child. When we think about pregnancies, it's often the woman, you know, that kind of stuff. The woman bears the brunt of that consequence mm-hmm. in that particular way. Um, whereas for men, because it's like the whole testosterone argument for example right their desire for sex is something that we have crafted as part of their stereotype Mm. like men are powerful they're dominant they want sex they want to be satisfied that kind of stuff right because that's actually part of the part of masculinity yeah it's like how dare you as a woman want to have sex Mm. how like how very dare you Mm. um and then thinking about like sexual liberation and like where we've gone with that yeah taking it to where we, <laughs> where, where yeah, we are because, we are going with that yeah no because it's it's one thing to say that the sexual because you're right sexual liberation and that revolution let's let's call it the sexual revolution mm. really happened in response to what people are telling us about quote-unquote purity and chastity and mm-hmm. women having to keep themselves is not true in the sense that just because you got married a virgin doesn't mean your life's going to be perfect. Yep, and so I think what's important to then note is that a lot of people were taking, I guess, this purity thing more so as a trophy. Mm-hmm. That, and I think that's one thing that I've learned, like within my journey now of really trying to understand mm-hmm. sexuality. What does virginity quote unquote or what does not having sex with somebody actually prove Mm -hmm. what does it mean right yeah exactly a lot of times it's more so a pick me thing Mm -hmm. have you actually come with like resolved within yourself that you're staying celibate or abstinent or whatever for a greater purpose Mm -hmm. um or are you simply scared to be judged and fully embrace who it is that you are um I think, like you're saying, the other end of this spectrum, though, is very dangerous mm. because as we've seen kind of and some people will say, well, it's 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 not causation. I guess it's a correlation. But you are seeing rise of single parent households. Yep. You are seeing a rise of people who are growing up um, fatherless. Mm-hmm. You are seeing a rise of people who um, may be feeling a lot more dysfunctional yep. because they have got... Um, identity issues or they've got issues with commitment Mm -hmm, or mm -hmm. they you're seeing increases in things like watching porn you're seeing increases in younger 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 children watching porn Mm -hmm. you know i started at 10 i still know that there are people who watch porn at like three Mm -hmm. four five that's when they're exposed to that um because 
sex is everywhere, everywhere right and if you then don't put sex in a context of sex in my belief still has a meaning to it mm-hmm. sex is not meaningless mm-hmm. it's still a very very intense highly in my opinion sacred thing mm-hmm. right and so if we don't give it that sort of context people start throwing it around willy-nilly thinking oh but we've made sex devoid of any meaning mm that still doesn't mean it's meaningless. Mm. It just means you're choosing to be ignorant about what's happening, Mm. right? And that's a big problem because it still leads to consequences of actions. So in my mind, I think the whole like sexual liberation thing, it's great for the mind. Mm -hmm. I don't know how great it is for the actual body Mm. and for the soul. Do Mm. you get what I mean? It's great to know in your mind, okay, my worth and my personal value doesn't have to be attached to somebody else saying, oh, you're so pure. I want to be with you. I want to be your first time. Be my wife. You're a virgin. That's not, that's not what makes you a valuable human being, right? Mm. So that's good to know in your mind. What isn't good though, is to then take that and then think, not resolve in your own mind okay now that i have my own autonomy over my sex who then do i want to share it with mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. if you then just treat it as i'ma just give it to anybody the truth is sex is still a powerful thing mm-hmm, right even yeah. if you want to say it's not that deep i think a lot of people still realize that it is deep it is something that they want to share with mm-hmm. someone special and if you don't do that you just start throwing it out there this is not to shame anybody or anything because everyone has a past and everyone has what they're involved with Mm. but I think it's important to then realize there are still consequences to the other liberal extreme yep do you get what I mean that's what I'm trying to say for sure for sure definitely agree and I think it really boils down to how do we conceptualize sex? Mm. Like what is the education that we receive around sex? Yeah. And on the one hand, we have the extreme conservative side where there's no real education around sex, the act and the things around it beyond don't do it and remain pure. Mm -hmm. And then you've got the other side, which is your freedom can be found through sexual liberation, Mm. not knowing that this is sex is just one element of a relationship with a human being. Yeah. And I definitely agree that there are consequences when you start seeing sex as the only means through which you can achieve any kind of liberation. Mm. And it's dangerous because sex is quite obviously something that is engaged with with another person. So you're implicating another person in whatever your pursuit is. And that's what often leads to so much heartbreak can lead to so many like broken families can lead to even the physical ramifications of getting an STD. People don't have conversations about these kind of things. It's, you know, like even the use of protection. Yeah. Like, do we have those kind of conversations? Um, And I think it's just so, so important to understand the power of sex so that you can wield it in a way that is comfortable to you and your value system and Mm. your belief system having thought about it critically for a while and as Courtney said we're not trying to shame anyone we're just genuinely trying to share our viewpoints on sex having been on this journey and continuing to go on this journey because we're still you know we're still baby girls out here and (laughs) not in the real (laughs) sense not in the you know what I'm saying (laughs) I mean we're baby girls but we're not you know baby baby girls Mm. I'm saying um and what we really want to 
open the floor to is having these kind of conversations. Yeah. Like if you do decide to have sex, for example, what are, you know, the things that you need to know about sex mm. before you engage in it? Like that's even a really good question, Courtney. What are yeah. some of the things that you wish you knew about sex? Um, that porn is a lie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just want it to be known. It ain't gonna be like them movies, girl. It's not. It <laughs> ain't gonna be that cute. It's gonna be quick too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Woo, child. I think no. I, and Shout I out to all the brothers watching and listening and tuning in. We hear you. We feel you. We're there with you. Um, con- continue, Courtney. We're listening. We're listening. <laughs> that is so funny. <laughs> I think it's important, and I say all that to say, yeah. Oftentimes, pornography and just films, soft porn, romantic novels, mm-hmm, all mm-hmm. of these things set very unrealistic expectations, yep. and it's not your. For example, I'll just give a personal experience. Mm. The first time I had sex sorry mum the first time i had <laughs> sex i just thought is this it oh <laughs> since you ain't the only one no no no, no. and 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 this is i actually i loved <laughs> this guy like and, and to be honest i still have love for him now like i love him so i loved him so much and i think <laughs> no renee you're making it sound very bad <laughs> The reason why I say that, though, is not a reflection on him. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's a reflection on why did I have this perception Mm. that real life sex Mm -hmm. would be like staged, propped, Mm -hmm. prepped, videos, baby oil, lights on sex. Do you get what I mean? (laughs) No, but in the sense that for a long time, my view on sex has been shaped by the artificial mm, and that's mm-hmm. what pornography is mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. pornography is stage scripted it's falsified it's you know falsified. it's viagra it's loads of different things mm. that isn't the sex that i was going to be having in, in real life yep. at a young age do you get what i mean mm-hmm. and so because of that it then made me disappointed in him mm. when really i should have been looking at porn like you're really dysfunctional for me mm. but because the porn makes you feel better mm-hmm. You just start to make all your partners feel worse yeah. because you don't live up to this unreachable standard. Mm. And I think men do it to women a lot as well. You know, why doesn't your body look like this? Mm -hmm. I'm so sorry that the lights don't show you stretch marks and that this woman's like size G, triple G breasts that she like has silicone pumped into them don't look like mine. Do you get what I mean? Mm -hmm. I think Mm -hmm. that's the, that's oftentimes the, the biggest thing I wish I knew yeah that what you're watching whilst it may make you feel good and it, it makes you feel so romantic and it gets all your dopamine like released yeah it's not real mm-hmm. and if you're going to have real sex with a real person mm-hmm. you're going to get the reality yep. which is that it's not what it's like on camera yeah um I think another thing what do you need to know before you have sex this is a massive decision mm-hmm. and that's exactly what it is it's a decision yeah um and it, this is this is a decision that's going to have consequences every Um, time you have it every time every time it's going to have consequences and you have to be open to accepting those consequences Mm -hmm. um whether good or bad um and i think the the last thing is having sex is good right and (laughs) this is going to sound so wild having sex is good and it can be good Mm. in the right context Mm. and in a content that's in a context that is actually healthy the truth is sex is not what changes it's the context that Mm -hmm. changes Mm -hmm. right 
in this context, sex is bad. Why? Not because I don't love this person, but because there is no security mm-hmm. with this person mm-hmm. and sex is not going to bring that security. Mm-hmm. The sex itself is not a bad thing. Yep. This It's your perspective on the sex. Mm-hmm. Your perspective is this is what's going to bond us together. And we're just doing this because we're so deeply and madly in love. Mm-hmm. That's not necessarily the best sign to show somebody that you love them yeah right that doesn't necessarily make sex bad Mm -hmm. what it means is you have a dysfunctional perspective on Mm. what sex is and what it does Mm -hmm. because what it doesn't do is make somebody stay with you Mm. and what it doesn't Mm -hmm. do is solidify your relationship Mm -hmm. what sex does is bring two people closer together Mm. yes but they still have to decide to love each other they still have to decide to 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 be with each other forever Mm -hmm. sex is not necessarily going to do that sex can be an expression Mm -hmm. of that inward decision but it's not going to make that decision happen yeah um i definitely agree with literally everything that you said courtney and in terms of what i wish i knew that last point that you said just that sex does not validate your relationship with somebody mm. and it's the it's not the greatest form of inter- intimacy that you can have with a person yeah because oftentimes we can be coerced or like bought into the idea that if you're not having sex with this person then it's not real or whatever mm. or you don't feel like you're actually a woman or even the fear of like if he's the kind of guy to look elsewhere mm. Do I, as a woman, am I not performing well enough because sex is off the table for right now that he is now compelled to go, you know, look for that elsewhere? And understanding that if that's the case, he's A, he's probably a dog. <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny. A, he's probably, no, but oh gosh, that, that's even a whole conversation in and mm. of itself in terms of infidelity and cheating. all that cheating, all that stuff that's been glamorized and normalized in mm. today's society. <laughs> but understanding that sex is very powerful and you don't have to have sex with someone to validate your relationship with them yes you really do not have to and we're tricked into thinking that sex is the highest form of intimacy that you can have with a person when there's other things that you can also do to be intimate or in addition to sex yeah that create that intimacy in that relationship yeah so i wish someone had told me that ages ago that mm. would have saved a lot of um interesting experiences shall we say um and don't allow anybody to pressure you into having sex. Mm. That's what leads to, and I mean, it's not something that we're covering explicitly in this episode, but that's what can often lead to really negative sexual experiences, yes. being groped, um, things like rape, mm-hmm. sexual assault of any kind. And it leaves women feeling confused because it's kind of like, to what extent was this my fault? Right. So understanding that, it's okay to say no mm. and not to feel pressured to have sex. Definitely. And if you are feeling pressured to have sex, then you should get out of that situation. Yes. Like that is my get out of that situation whilst you still, still can. Um, and then also understanding that your importance and your worth just generally is not attached to sex mm. at all. Like how good you are, how much you've, you know, pleased your partner. Yeah. You are not a la- anybody's lap dog. <laughs> and you, if, if and when you decide to have sex, make sure you're getting your own sis. Like yeah. that is that is super, super key and understand that you are. Sorry, I wanted to even tap in on something you just yeah. said. I think oftentimes sex really is that site to just perform. Yep. And this is one of the biggest problems. Like sex is not just about your personal performance. Yep. It's actually 
it's an opportunity to pleasure somebody yeah, it's an yeah. opportunity to give to somebody mm-hmm. but that's reciprocal yeah right so yeah. it's not just sex is give and take <laughs> right so your focus should be giving his focus should be giving mm-hmm, exactly oftentimes we go into sex thinking my role is to give his job is to take yep that's exactly why you're sexually frustrated. Yep. That's exactly why you're not happy in your sexual relationship. Yep. Um, yeah, that's what I wanted to touch on. Oh, no, it's 100. <laughs> Listen, dare we be so bold and say, this is probably why you have not had that orgasm, sis. It is because he is taking... That's for the married folk. I don't know nothing about that. That's for the I'm sorry, Bob. Just another one. But yeah. As Courtney said, sex is reciprocal. Mm. Like it's about both of you together mutually agreeing to pleasure one another. And if it's it doesn't feel like that, mm. at least in my book, that's dysfunctional mm. and it's not pleasurable. Mm. And it bec- the focus becomes on that performance, right? And as you said, as a woman, we're already there's so much pressure for us to perform in so many different like spheres and fields. Yeah, and sex being another one of them, it's just like it's, it's too enough. much. And the last thing I would say was definitely echoing your point on don't be fooled into thinking that what you think about sex is real. Mm. All of these things that you'll see, not even just like pornography, but all of the things that you read on the the timeline, all of the things that you see on Instagram, all of those kind of things are not real. Don't be fooled into thinking that this is how people govern themselves when they are (laughs) naked together at night. Don't be fooled into thinking it because you will land yourself into trouble. Right. And okay, bonus one is actively talk. If you are the kind of person that, you know, you have a partner that you're interested in engaging in sexual activity with them, talk to them it's so basic talk to them don't assume don't you know don't just think oh, i'm just gonna do this when we're together yeah. or like i'm just gonna hope everything is fine make sure that you guys are on the same page when it comes to sex yeah are you both celibate if that's your choice are you both not if yes. that's your choice um what do you actually enjoy as a sexual being mm-hmm. what do you want to see mm-hmm. as a sexual being what are their you know because me and Courtney had this conversation this kind of I love to ask her questions of like what would you do if I remember we had a conversation of like you know what would you do if you found out that your partner is into like hardcore BDS BDS. (laughs) you can prevent these kind of like what if situations coming to fruition by simply talking to your partner yeah sex shouldn't be something off limits to talk about and Mm. I think in terms of like the whole conservative ideas around sex and stuff and just assuming that you can get married and then deal with it later, have the conversations before. Yeah, Communication is literally the bedrock of all relationships 100%. and sex is not outside of that. So yeah. talk to your partner. Yeah. <laughs> I beg you. I have another question. <laughs> is it the BDSM one? No, it's no, it's <laughs> certainly not. It's certainly not. Um, what I wanted to say, especially as, because I guess we can give... Um, advice on what sex is like meant to be and how good it's meant to be but Mm. obviously right now we ain't having none so i feel like as (laughs) two single people one of the biggest questions i often get asked by people Mm. is as a single person Mm -hmm. actually it's it's two big questions actually (laughs) as a single person Mm -hmm. how do you deal with and as somebody who is single and trying to stay celibate Mm -hmm. How do you deal with sexual desires? Do you still get sexual desires, mm-hmm. right? 
A hundred percent still get sexual desires. Like I said, there are some really handsome and fine men out there. <laughs> and when you're going, talk it. you know, when you're going dating and, you know, when you're starting to see people, mm-hmm. of course, there'll be the desires there, like, you know, or, you know, cheeky kiss here or there. And you're <laughs> like, oh, suddenly excited. You know what I'm saying? These things don't go away just because you've, I think that's just the biggest misconception that yeah. we have, right? That's like, oh, I've dedicated my life to celibacy <laughs> until I find the one and I will be not, I will not be a sexual being until yes. the right one comes along. No. Yeah. It doesn't even have to be the right one. You might find somebody on, you know, on the road attractive. Yeah. And if you're a female, particularly when it comes to um your menstrual cycle, mm-hmm. there's even like... <laughs> Guys, yeah, hold on, hold on. Let me. Yep, yep, so. yep. You already know the situation. When it's around ovulation, big up all the guys I'm um, listening, by the way. Mm-hmm. Big up all the guys. We're giving you all of the tips and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> when it comes to ovulation, yeah. Scientifically speaking, you're like a, a horse on speed. Yeah. Like you're, you find a lot of men attractive. Mm-hmm. You're feeling, you know, ready. Things change down yeah. there. Things are, you know, and you are still a sexual being just because you aren't with somebody in terms of how to deal with it. You need to actually have boundaries. Mm. So for me, I am very aware of what my triggers are when I'm engaging with the opposite sex Mm. and I'm feeling a little bit, you know, frisky. Like I know that, okay, cool. If we kiss, we have to (laughs) to get super like transparent about if we kiss, it has to be no longer than (laughs) one minute, two minutes to kiss and you need to depart and go to your home (laughs) because nothing else is happening here tonight thank you god bless have a Sir, wonderful take evening your take go, your jacket you. wear your shoes and be <laughs> off on your way so being aware of what your triggers are are super yes. super important because you can lay the foundation for boundaries mm. like if you know that you're feeling a bit you know some kind of way and your trigger is you know like nip Think think about it, right? When yeah. you go on like Instagram or social media and stuff, yeah. you're so often bombarded with like half naked people. Yeah. If you're feeling this, like that kind of way, put it off. Mm. You know, that kind of stuff. Or do something with somebody in a non-sexual manner. Yeah. Like if you have a sister or a brother, go hang out with them. Yeah. Like genuinely when you perceive a trigger coming on, finding something to do instead of what that trigger would lead to is super, super important. Yeah. And then also in terms of engaging with people that you are dating mm. as a single person mm. respecting their boundaries too yeah and understanding what their triggers are because they may be different to yours yeah so for example a guy that i was da- <laughs> a guy that i was Tell dating us, please <laughs> we want to know <laughs> listen guys have different triggers to girls a guy that I was dating um <laughs> his triggers was like you can't like be stroking the the face that kind of stuff do you know what i'm saying and i'm a very like friendly person Mm. so i like hugs and stuff like Mm -hmm. that but he was like listen (laughs) keep your hands off of me (laughs) keep your hands to yourself (laughs) keep those acrylics far away from me and yeah just having those conversations with people that you are seeing or find Mm. attractive Mm. and understanding mutually what are your triggers is a great way to start like yeah dealing with that definitely dealing with that but also not denying that you have sexual desires yes don't just go and like lie and curl up in a ball and say i am <laughs> you not a sexual go being mad. oh you, you will, will go, go mad, mad you because you're mad. like you said like we are sexual beings like our body actually it's entire biology mm-hmm. and the way it's the system works is oriented around 
we need to reproduce. Yep. Like you need to reproduce this. What are you doing? So yep. it's going to create those urges and with hormones and stuff like that. But that's for the science babes to tell you about. The second question I often get asked is, um, then I, I guess you've been celibate all this time. And then when you get into a relationship <laughs> and you get, you know, married, if that's the, your goal, what if the sex is disappointing? <gasps> Oh. <laughs> this is real girl chat divorce no, yeah, I'm, trolling. I'm, I'm trolling no I'm trolling. no no 100 no, like people <laughs> people often ask like okay what if you know certain parts are small this today's episode is getting real juicy <laughs> oh, God. what if um certain parts are small what if it just don't groove the same way and i think mm-hmm. what's interesting about it is still that core belief that your wedding night or that day you have sex is the day for everyone to perform at peak yep. level yep. right everyone should just you better give me a show i have been waiting <laughs> for this i have do, paid a little dance 100% <laughs> i have paid with for this in blood sweat and prayers <laughs> yeah i need you to backflip right <laughs> i'm screaming <laughs> and i think what's what's really dangerous um not even what's really dangerous but what's really important to understand mm. and i always tell this to people is a, a core thread you would have heard in all of our conversations because it's one thing that has I've constantly had to relearn is people's bodies are not just for your consumption exactly and this. your satisfaction yep. you actually have to put effort into learning them mm-hmm. and they need to put effort into learning you because they desire to mm. they actually want to know what makes you happy mm-hmm. and this is two strangers coming together yep I don't know anything about you and where you're ticklish and what you like and who, and even all of that is framed by maybe your experiences with other people who are not me either. So it's really important to realize that in this, my commitment actually is to learning you Mm. and to being able to journey with you and in that make you happy and make you satisfied. Mm. But I'm going to have to learn that. Way hey for you if the first time it's like you are everything I've ever needed and dreamt of. That's great. (laughs) But oftentimes that's not how, we're not these two random jigsaw puzzles sitting you know in different parts of the world Mm. waiting to be fitted together you know some parts of our lives may be like that and that complementary but other parts may need to be worked on and I think that that's also a journey that you need to be open to not just you know being like well he didn't satisfy me the first time Mm. so he's got to go right (laughs) it's more of a thing of actually I'm committing to learn you. Mm. And I'm also committing to ask. Because I say this all the time. There are kids. This is going to sound so vulgar. But there are kids having sex. Like Mm -hmm. sex in itself is not something that's like mad difficult. Right. Having a quote unquote good self sex life though. Isn't something that just happens. It's something that you develop. Mm -hmm. And in that you have to actually be willing to learn that person's body. You need to be willing to learn that person's needs. Mm -hmm. Their emotions all of that really is a labor of love it's not just something that's going to happen with you saying you know pull down your pants and now we're going at it now you better ace this one that's not how it works and oftentimes we have this expectation because again you see in porn or you see in you know movies or Mm -hmm. like for example movies that someone will just show up and suddenly you've just had the best sex of your life with a complete stranger right and so it leads us to believe that you're just gonna meet any person and the day you decide to have sex suddenly they become mr perfect Mm. 
that's not true yeah that is not true so let go and just divorce those unhealthy expectations and instead realize that is this person worth learning Mm. and does this person also have a desire to learn me because that's what's actually going to birth a healthy and beautiful and flourishing and pleasurable sex life she came with all the adjectives there guys yeah you know we gotta give you a little bit of sauce (laughs) and that because sex should be enjoyed it should be enjoyable like definitely definitely agree and as uh, i was definitely too hasty with the divorce guys i was genuinely (laughs) just playing we know you were kidding it is was i no i'm trolling um (laughs) it's definitely a learning game it's really about in in i mean it's the same with any other form of intimacy right Mm. it's really about learning the other person what they like what they don't like and all that stuff and hey like a lot of the like worries that we have are so minuscule in the grand Mm. scheme of things like is he gonna be you know big enough (laughs) to be vulgar but (laughs) is he gonna be big enough is not gonna be a problem when you learn his body and when he learns yours right or is he not gonna be able to perform like it's not gonna be a problem if you are comfortable with each other that's even another thing like are you genuinely comfortable with each other comfortable with each other's bodies comfortable being naked together that's another (laughs) another conversation and this is why it's like you you have to develop a certain level of confidence and and self-acceptance before you enter into this relationship and also the depths of knowing is this person am i comfortable with this person those are wells that you can dig before you even have sex right if i can be comfortable in love to to Oh, this is gonna sound so mushy. I really hate it, but I feel like I always come up Ew, with these mushy things. Mushy moment. <laughs> I'm I'm pre disgusted. If <laughs> if I am comfortable enough to lay my soul bare to you, if I am comfortable enough to let you love me in my weakness, if I am comfortable enough to share with you parts of me that no one else has ever seen before, mm. having sex will just be the physical manifestation of how much I trust you. <laughs> nah, you know what? <laughs> I, just, I I should give that poem child, at my wedding I, or something. I, you need to write that down somewhere. You better be like, um, sir, could you refer to podcast episode X at this particular point in time? Well, guys, I am so sorry to have to do this, but it's that time that we are out of time (laughs) but don't you worry we might revisit we might come back to this in some kind of form because there's still so many bits to talk about when it comes to sex but we're super super keen to hear what you guys have to say so let us know what you have to say about sex and you can do this by adding us on instagram at to my sisterhood and you can also say hi to us. Guys, please say hi to us. We love you all. <laughs> <laughs> On our pages at Courtney.Daniela and at Renee Kapuku. Or tweet us with the hashtag to my sisters and join the sisterhood by signing up to our weekly newsletter so we can grow and glow together. And we will talk to you very soon. And remember, keep glowing and growing. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.